to another episode of a media watch and we continue to do our shows from our homes so effectively and affectionately known as the home editions of media watch we've been doing the show for a number of years and i do remember one of my wonderful guests i asked if he was available and uh, it's so wonderful he is uh, a good chap uh, done lots of work his name is jasvira singh uh, OBE actually, and uh, I was just talking about it. Um, it wasn't that long ago when you got your OBE. Uh, welcome to the show, Jasmira. Thank you for having me, Savi. Really appreciate being on your show. No, it's good. I mean, uh, you're a busy family lawyer, and uh, obviously, finding time between that. I've got quite a few friends that are lawyers and doctors, and I have to tell you, I do not know how you guys ever find time to go to sleep. Because there's always deadlines, there's always, you know, like you've got to do it by a certain time. And, um, you know, you definitely have a lot of resilience. And then in between that, you also have time and dedication to put together all kinds of stuff that you've had and other uh, initiatives in the past. But for today in particular, we're going to talk about a really exciting project that you're involved in. And it's uh, literally just kicking off right now, isn't it? Um, and that is known as the, the South uh, Asian uh, Heritage Month. It's a really exciting thing. Tell us all about it. What is it? And uh, why do you think it's important to actually have that? Because I know it's a, uh, an amalgamation of like seven or nine countries that all have a link to the, uh, uh, the British from the past. But what cross aspects in terms of, um, you know, uh, common elements do you think there are that kind of bind those uh, particular countries and those experiences together? So South Asian Heritage Month uh, is the uh, month that's been launched uh, very recently. It's running from the 18th of July to the 17th of August. And the eight countries that make up South Asia are Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, uh, India, Pakistan, Nepal, the Maldives and Sri Lanka. Uh, and it's a vast swathe of um, Asia, one could argue, or part of the world. Um, the reason why we've decided to call it South Asian Heritage Month is because we want to focus on what it means to be uh, British and South Asian uh, in the present day. And we want to look at it in three different ways. We want to be able to celebrate our culture, heritage and history. We want to be able to commemorate various anniversaries which will take place during the course of the month. The month obviously um, runs over July and August. And the reason for that is that we include uh, pivotal dates from the uh, South Asian calendar and in particular from 1947. So uh, the uh, 18th of July is a date that the Indian Independence Act 1947 gained royal assent. So that's when the uh, the monarch ended up signing that in um, uh, in the UK, uh, and it ends on the seventeenth of August, which is when the Radcliffe Line was announced. That's the boundary uh, where uh, of that's the boundary line between India and Pakistan. Uh, that was when the partition line was finally announced, and it was announced um, three days after uh, Pakistani Independence Day and two days after Indian Independence Day. So you can imagine oh, how many people were in India at that time, India and Pakistan, not knowing whether the border was going to be hitting their village and whether they'd be in India or Pakistan. So it was, uh, we want to make sure we commemorate that, but ultimately our main aim is education and we want to make sure yeah, that people feel educated. Absolutely. I was just going to say, to interrupt you for a second, which is to say, it's a very important point that you're making about the fact that a lot of people didn't know where it was going to be. Uh, and, you know, the fact that it's called the, the Radcliffe Line, um, my uh, knowledge uh, is that um, 
I'm not sure how much time he spent in the country, really, uh, before he drew the line. I mean, don't have to discuss that right now, but um, there are definitely um, inconsistencies in uh, what was going on during that period. Um, I mean, obviously, there was a lot of sacrifice as well uh, between different communities that were fighting for independence and the lead up to it as well. But the Ratcliffe line itself is very questionable, you know. Oh, completely. I mean, the uh, the person, Cyril Radcliffe, the person who was given the duty by the British government at that time to draw the border, uh, had never visited India before. He was just a civil servant based in Whitehall, and he was told, right, off you go, get on a ship, go to India, and uh, you'll be, uh, um, you're going to decide where the border should fall between uh, the newly created country of Pakistan and India. And Punjab was at the heart of it. Punjab was the one that was carved into, you know, it's like a, a heart being broken into two, one could argue. You know, it was torn asunder. Uh, and it was down to this person who stayed holed up in his office in India. I think it was in Delhi where he was based. Um, and he just spent five weeks there. Five weeks between the date that he arrived in India through to the date that his boundary was announced. Countless meetings, countless consultations, but in the end, he was just a, uh, a civil servant going through lists of uh, documents, looking at what the percentages were of one community versus another in every single village, and then just drawing a line, um, literally um, carving out the, uh, the futures of uh, two new states and tens of millions of people. And it was a horrible time. You know, there were 10 million people who were displaced, who had to leave one country for, to go to the other, and up to um, between one or two million people who died during partition. So we wanted, to make sure that we, captured, we wanted to make sure we captured those dates, as well as the dates where there may be some people from South Asian heritage who want to be you know, celebrating Indian independence or Pakistani Independence Day. Um, Raksha Bandhan takes place during that time. Rakriya, so there's a cultural festival as well as a Hindu festival. There's a lot that we wanted to cover and this seems to be the perfect time to do it. And if you look at it from a, a Sikh calendar perspective, it falls into the month of um, Savan, the uh, summer month, which is the main monsoon month. And uh, it's almost exactly aligned with that. Um, and it's important for it to be uh, encompassing that because what it is, is um, it's a way of marking the fact that, you know, we're talking about regeneration, we're talking about renewal of identity. And just as the, uh, the monsoon rains in India renew the land uh, and renew the subcontinent in India and Pakistan and Bangladesh and elsewhere, that's what we're hoping to do, to renew and engage ourselves with identity but not to look at it from the Western perspective. It would have been very easy to have said, let's make July South Asian Heritage Month. Let's just choose a normal Western calendar month and do it that way. This way we're respecting the South Asian identity by saying, well, no, it's not a Western month. This is a month which traverses two Western months, just like most other South Asian months do. You look at any of the calendars in South Asia and they do not correspond directly with the Gregor um, the um, um, calendars in the UK or elsewhere in the Western Hemisphere. So we've thought very carefully about how to do it in a way which just rings true to South Asian identity. So I wanted to ask you that, you know, obviously it also happens to be, especially in the UK, a lot of people are on holiday uh, as part of the COVID situation for a second, but it's the traditional time that there's the summer holidays, um, which actually um, brings to mind the fact that we're having to do extra work uh, and when I say we're, you know, as a uh, you know, diaspora, 
having to do extra work to discover, reveal and communicate these key facts. Um, do you not think there should be a role in the national curriculum? I mean, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, nowadays people do recognise uh, though there was some bad press at the time uh, when the movie came out um, uh, earlier on in 1917, the film that came out when everyone was up in arms where a particular actor had said, well, there's only one seat bloke in there, you know, uh, when there were thousands and thousands that came over. Um, people seem to forget their history. They seem to forget the sacrifices. They seem to forget what was going on. You know, we you know about uh, Bhagat Singh, about Chanda Bose, know about Udham Singh, the foundation of the Gurdwara in, uh, you know, I mean, even the Jim Khanna, the, the, or, the, or the foundation of the Gurdwara over in um, Shepherd's Bush. I mean, all these are things that coincide with a lot of uh, historical uh, points of reference, but there doesn't seem to be, in my view, uh, a set of um, you know communication uh, and uh, real emphasis in the national curriculum to cover these aspects. And even if it's not in the national curriculum, there should be something that actually links people. My personal view on this is that why can't we do more of that in order to create greater community cohesion. Because if you know about your neighbor, if you know about what he or she or their parents or their grandparents did, you're more likely to respect them. I'm not saying that you shouldn't respect them anyway, but you're more likely to say, well, you know what? This is incredible that you're now living here. And we do remember all the great things that, you know, we're connected with. I mean, even down to, you know, the, the chap who was the designer in um, Queen Victoria's Durba room over in Osborne House. You know, he was a sea chap that came over and designed that. Why are we having to discover this stuff for ourselves? Um, is there something that people are hiding? I think it's I think about, um, <laughs> I think it's more about us not necessarily um, talking about our own histories. Just imagine, uh, so think of this, how many of us have got a connection with Southall? Many, most of us will have had, you know, some family who've lived there at some point, maybe even ourselves. Um, the entire Punjabi Sikh community in the UK has some connection to Southall, one way or another. But how many of us know why we ended up in Southall? Why it became the uh, epicentre of the uh, Sikh community outside of India? No one knows. And it's to do with, um, well, people do know, but we don't talk about it, even though that's in our own lifetimes and that's our own history. Um, the, the story behind it is a simple one. Uh, there was a rubber factory which was opened up called um, the, the Wolf Factory. Uh, the... Yeah. yeah, and it was a, a senior officer who'd fought in the Second World War, who'd fought alongside Sikh troops, um, to whom someone, one of the Sikh soldiers, once they'd got back to Punjab, had said, I'd like to come and work for you. And the officer said, fine, but... And then he brought relatives over and more friends and others from villages around a particular region in Punjab. And that's how Southall became the place that it is. But we don't necessarily talk about our own histories because we don't think they're important. And I think this is where it's important for us to change the curriculum, because much of us, much of what we consider to be important is almost directed uh, and imposed upon us by the education system we're brought up in. If we were 
learning things in Punjab, for example, we know much more about Punjabi history than perhaps we do in the UK. Um, and so one of the elements of South Asian Heritage Month is to educate and to change the education system. We're working with a group called the Partition Education Group. They're a sister organization that we have a strong relationship with. And the purpose of that group is to decolonize the education system by being able to talk about partition, to be able to look at things from a non Western British uh, perspective and to talk about the uh, the realities of what happened during partition during 1947 uh, and beforehand so that we have a fully rounded view of history which reflects the British South Asian identity much more so than what we get at the moment. I mean I was lucky I went to a school where I learned a bit about uh, India and Indian history and where I did learn about the Amritsar massacre, the Jallianwala Bagh massacre of 1919. I learned that at school and that was um, 25 years ago. Not all schools are like that. And we need to make sure that schools do have that sort of uh, approach, that they understand that the history of South Asia and the history of various parts of South Asia is actually in inextricably linked to the history of the UK. Britain, um, I'll give you another example, the Goinur. The history of the Goinur is again an interesting one. Started off in, I think, Agra uh, within the, uh, the Mughal Empire. It then went from the Mughals to uh, Afghanistan. From Afghanistan, it was then uh, part of a ransom, which was effectively demanded by Maharaja Ranjit Singh in exchange for uh, somebody being released, uh, uh, an Afghan prince. And then passed on to the Leap Singh, and the Leap Singh uh, then quote-unquote bestowed it upon the uh, the royal family of the UK. Now, obviously, you know, we, we know the background to how that happened, and we know that that may not have been the most um, moral or ethical ways of getting uh, a piece of jewellery, um, let alone the, the history connected to the way that Punjab was annexed to the British Empire back in the mid-19th century. But that stone, that diamond, is now part of the crown jewels of the United Kingdom. It's part of the Queen Mother's crown. So that's just how inextricably linked, that's just one example of just how inextricably linked South Asian history is to British identity. And we just need to make sure that more people know about that. I mean, a few years ago, I did do um, a documentary, uh, uh, I managed to win an award, which is quite nice. Uh, it was about the Golden Temple exhibition that was going on at SOAS. Um, and I remember yeah. um, when I was, I was scripting it, one of the things I remember was that you're absolutely right. It was, you know, Delete Singh was given a, a, a receipt by, by the East India Company just to legitimise the fact that the diamond had been given to the British. And then lo and behold, it's sliced up and put in the crown jewels. Um, but, and, and that is, um, you know, so do you think that people are trying to be politically correct by uh, not mentioning the past because they might be embarrassed by it. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you quickly as part of that question is also, you find, and I, I draw a lot of parallels between the Jewish community. You know, we were absolutely appalled by the six million people that died during, you know, the uh, Hitler Nazi regime in concentration camps and how they absolutely did some terrible stuff. You know, the book I was reading recently, the, uh, the Tattooist of Auschwitz, you know, really kind of, uh, brought out how terrible it was to, you know, use people in your own community against your own community, you know, in terms of, you know, committing atrocities. They have been extremely successful, uh, the Jewish community, by actually making films uh, and making media. And I have a, a little pet saying that says, that unless you make your media, somebody else is going to make your media for you. Um, as part of this Heritage Month, as 
well as uh, communicating what's going on, do you not think that it's also important to create um, assets or um, effectively, uh, whether it be a digital asset or whether it be something that, you know, there could be a, a film or, or talks and that kind of thing. Uh, and I know you've got certain patrons that are part of this uh, initiative as well. Is that right? Yeah, so we have Anissa Rani, who's our founding patron. There is uh, Benita Kane, Dr. Benita Kane from Manchester, who's a co-founder of South Asian Heritage Month alongside myself. There is a lot of work that needs to be done to ensure that we are putting forward the narrative and the authentic stories of what it means to be South Asian. And authenticity is key. If we're not telling the stories, someone else will tell them. That's the reason why South Asian Heritage Month has been set up, because we don't want other people to be able to tell our stories or to tell our history. We need to be able to talk about our own history. We need to be able to talk about uh, our identity, our heritage, uh, our arts, our culture in a way which is uh, not just truthful, uh, but transparent. And we need to look at both sides of the coin. We can't just focus on the positives and not talk about the negatives. We need to be able to talk about our heritage and identity as a whole. And if we do it as a whole, that means we do need to look at some of the more taboo subjects within the communities. We need to look at some of the more uh, challenging subjects. So one of the areas we're looking at, we have a panel discussion looking at colorism and racism within the South Asian communities and how to overcome that. I mean, the um, branding that's been used, for example, by uh, or the, uh, not the branding, the, um, uh, what is it, um, fair complexion creams that exist oh, yeah. in the That's South. The product. <laughs> no, exactly. I avoided the name. But um, well there done. are those products which are um, obscene. Uh, and it then forces uh, a way of thinking which is completely abhorrent, not just to um, Sikh identity, but to um, racial identity, human identity as a whole. But then we look at the number of people who say, oh, I don't want my son or daughter getting married to that person because they're not the right, they're not light colored enough. That happens all the time. And that's something that we need to be looking beyond. And then, and there are so many other things that we need to talk about, which we don't talk about as communities, but which there's a real need to. So we're making sure that we're reflecting those discussions discussions which are taking place every day within British society, um, but making sure that uh, that's being heard from a South Asian perspective. And, and I think that's important. It really is trying to make sure that we don't brush things under the carpet, but we talk about things in an open and honest way. And I agree with that. I mean, the, the, the point about, you know, if you don't tell your story, somebody else told them for you. But one of the things, and again, I refer back to how successful the Jewish community have been in terms of telling their stories uh, for real and making people realize, I mean, it, it hasn't stopped people from being, you know, anti-Semitic, but uh, ultimately at least there is something out there that says, look at Anne Frank's life, look at what actually happened. Um, but there has been money that has gone into it. There has been funding. Uh, there has been recognition at certain levels. I mean, it's good you've got patrons that can do that. I mean, if you look, for example, at um, Anita Anand's book, you know, which is uh, Sophia, excellent book. If you look at Kirsty uh, uh, Campbell, the writer who wrote about um, Dalit Singh, he, he even went in and actually went to the vaults in the civil service and found some of the original letters that were there still preserved. Um, and, you know, the, and, but the thing is, you look at a film like uh, Suffragette, where was Sophia mentioned in that movie? 
why is that completely, uh, the term is used as whitewashed, um, where they're almost like erased out of history. So the question really is, is that where can we get investment from, from people that believe in the importance of the history, the importance of that month, the importance of actually communicating that to the right people so that they remember and they are inspired to create uh, stories by talking to their parents or whenever they go and visit India, when they get a chance to, to go back and find historic Gurdwaras in, um, in Pakistan. I mean, a, co a couple of friends of mine I interviewed recently, we did a series called Seek Treasures and they went back to their ancestral homes in Pakistan and they actually uncovered some incredible Gurdwaras in Pakistan that you, you couldn't find that are, on, are not on the map anymore, you know? Yeah, and it's funding is an important question. This year, we have done everything with zero money. We have had no money, no funding. Um, we've had goodwill support from some organizations, but that's been the extent of it. Um, but what we have done is made sure that we've collaborated with organizations that are already doing great work. So the UK Punjab Heritage Association, an incredible uh, historical um, organization which has been preserving uh, and making sure that we're fully aware of what it means to be uh, of a Punjabi background and Punjabi history and heritage. We're liaising with them, we're working with them, we're having various events which are uh, looking at uh, South Asian history or Punjabi history in particular. In fact, one of the events uh, this week has been looking at the Samadhi of uh, Maharaja Ranjit Singh in Lahore and the uh, funerary urns, the hidden histories that exist there. Um, and it's important for us to be able to um, support each other and work together. When it comes to funding, we want people to be able to support us to make sure that this can become uh, a bigger organisation uh, and uh, um, have far more of a greater impact than it has had so far. But we're not doing a funding drive for it because we're not here trying to seek money just for the purposes of getting money. We want to make sure that we show exactly what it is we can achieve. And then hopefully over time, people will want to donate to ensure that we can do something even bigger and better. Because if this is what we can achieve this year without a single penny, without any financial support at all, imagine how much better and bigger the month could be if there was a bit of funding coming our way. And that's what I think people should really focus on. We need to be able to fund it ourselves. We need to have uh, philanthropists who can put their hands in their pockets to give money to these sorts of uh, causes and to make sure that we don't forget our own heritage. Because if we don't do it, no one else is going to do it for us. Uh, and it's important and imperative that we do things in a way that we feel is completely authentic and true to us. It would be useful to maybe link up with people that are doing research, you know, uh, historians, uh, maybe different universities. Uh, and I, I think we had a picture somewhere of, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was a selfie picture you took. I'm not sure whether we can get it up, but uh, it was a selfie picture with Sadiq Khan. So it's good to get, you know, over in um, uh, City Hall, uh, people to get, you know, feel that it's important as well. Yeah, so I think in terms of uh, positioning and networking, it's great, but all these things take time and effort. And we expect hopefully people can pay a ticket. It was obviously difficult at the moment because people are not going out to events, so they can probably attend virtually and they can pay for things virtually. So that would be quite an interesting one to do where you actually have an individual that could walk around an exhibit, you know, or um, create some kind of 3D technology where they can, you know, have a, a headset where they can, you know, effectively zoom in. So th these are, you know, th this is what a lot of people are, are trying to do. And, and uh, you know, we're quite fortunate we live in a world with so much technology. We have 
we have an organization that's working on that that we're working with called the stan and project the stan their aim is to ensure that people who um left their villages due to partition can become reunited with them through virtual reality technology uh so we have partnerships plenty um and all of our contributors all of the contributions being made to south asian heritage month this year everyone's doing it for free because they are passionate about this uh, and i think that's where we need to ensure that you know we galvanize that passion um none of the events are paid for everything is free at the point of entry um we're not having to pay for venues so it's made it easier for us to be able to do this um yes we have expenditure it's coming out of our own pockets because we want to make sure that we do something that is um valid and which can resonate which can actually have a, a deep impact within society as a whole now we will see what happens for next year this is going to be an annual event uh 2021 will be an even more incredible year than this and hopefully by next year we can have some in real life events um we're also working with a number of different museums across the country we have support from the manchester museum we're in discussions with other museums and institutions in london in birmingham and elsewhere we're also working with a number of different universities so we have the support of the university of birmingham who are putting together some events um it's something which can only grow and grow and we hope to get as many people to engage with this as possible that's pretty uh, and there was also a, there was a book club as well isn't there is that connected to you guys um that you're trying yeah, to say yeah so we have yeah so there's the UK Punjab Heritage uh association they're running a virtual book club every monday at 5 p.m. throughout the the whole of south asian heritage month so if you want to um register for their events their their webinars you can go online just google ukpha uh virtual book club you'll get the links and please register and and take part in those there are some incredible experts of uh punjabi heritage who are taking part in that uh and mira sayal will be doing one of those in a couple of weeks time so yeah i um, saw that very good yeah and and we're just so indebted to uh organizations like UK Punjab Heritage Association people like Amandeep Madra Paramjit Singh and many others who behind the scenes have made um made us want to engage with our own identity and uh, and find out more about our heritage and history in a way that perhaps we weren't so passionate about years ago yeah i know amandeep's done some incredible work and also some of the people that he mentioned and, and especially a lot of the people behind the scenes i mean this opportunity to say thank you to them especially the fact that they are offering their you know time and effort and energy for free to bring great enlightenment to people is there a um, a www uh, single email address that you can give out where people can get information that will be updated uh, now and for years to come is, is there a, a, a domain that you've got so we are currently using the manchester museums website uh, it's mmnquarantine.com forward slash south asian heritage month that's the website yeah. we're using for this year. if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at sahm so that south asian heritage month sahm england at gmail.com uh, and you can follow us on any of the social media platforms by looking out for our hashtag our hashtag is south asian heritage month fantastic well it's been great having you well as panel you're the professional lawyer that you are you turn up on time you're finished on cue so fantastic that uh you were able to spare some time today like i said you're a very busy person uh so wonderful to see you again i hope to have you back 
maybe at the end of the month, you know, you can tell us about the impact that it's had, and you know, we'll get you on to talk about you know, maybe some of the uh, exhibits, and we can share them with people. That'd be quite fun. You know, we'll, we'll send that stuff in advance and set it up. But it's been great having you on the program. Thank you, Jasper. Uh, always a, an honour and a pleasure to connect, and uh, we wish you and the teams all the best uh, over the coming weeks. And it's an exciting time for everyone. And it's about time that we had this great wealth of knowledge uh, being better uh, kind of available uh, for people to consume, to be people to be inspired about uh, and actually help to um, justify the cause about knowing more about your past and uh, kind of leading to the future so that you can inspire yourself as well as your future generations. Thank you, Savvy. Thanks again for your support. And uh, yes, I look forward to coming back on your show very soon. That'd be great. Thanks a lot, Jasper. Vaigujikar Khalsa, Vaigujikar Khalsa.